Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us right here for the Active Church Podcast. We believe that you can tell a better story and we are so glad you are engaging with our content today. You're about to hear from one of our incredible teaching pastors and we hope that you'll be impacted by this message. Thanks again for being with us. Have you ever wondered why you put up with the things you put up with or allow the things that you allow? I've been thinking about that in my own life and I think sometimes we allow things or put up with things that, that we shouldn't. Like some of the things aren't big deals, like maybe the mess in the house or the clothes that are laying everywhere or maybe the small hole in the wall that your friends just pointed out that you haven't noticed because your time in your house has eroded your awareness of the holes in the wall. But have you ever wondered why you put up with those things? And sometimes it can actually be really heavy. It can be personal. It can affect our relationships. Like, why do we put up with the way that people speak to us or the way that people behave around us? I think there's a couple of reasons. I think one of the reasons is we we try to be gracious and kind. And sometimes our graciousness and our kindness keeps us from actually addressing some of the most important things that we need to address. And I think there's another side of it. The other side of it is, I think a lot of us are just tired. I think that we're at capacity We don't have the energy, right? And it doesn't just affect us in a physical way or in a relational way. It affects us in an emotional way. Like, I've been wondering why I put up with anxiety and worry in my life. Have you ever wondered why you put up with it? And then I also find it fascinating that sometimes when it comes to anxiety and worry, we actually wear it like a badge of honor. Like, as a parent, maybe you've heard yourself say, I'm your dad or I'm your mom and it's my job to worry about you. <laughs> like, I was up all night worrying about you. Like, sometimes I think that it's, it's something that we wear as a badge of honor. Like, we see it as a good thing. And I just wonder why we put up with it, especially those emotions of anxiety and worry. And here's what I'm learning. That anxiety and worry will hinder your ability to experience God's grace and peace in your life. So what if today we just decided to say, I'm over it. I'm fed up with it. I'm done with it. I don't want anxiety and worry to dictate and to determine the direction of my life. If you're just joining us for the first time, my name is Mike, and I'm so glad that you're a part of the story that God is writing here at Active. And we're in week two of a series called Over It. And we're talking about the people, the places, the things that we're over, the circumstances, the issues, the sins that we're fed up with, that we're done with. And the thing that we're learning together is just because we're over it, It doesn't mean that we don't have to face it. Just because we're over it, it doesn't mean that we don't have to go through it. And the truth is, when it comes to anxiety and when it comes to worry, those are significant emotions in our lives. And sometimes we're aware of it, and other times we're not. Like in my story, I I always felt like I was a pretty worry-free, anxiety-free person. But then I'm realizing as I look at my life, as I look at my story, I'm actually not. And anxiety and worry shows up in really strange, kind of funky moments for me. Like a couple of years ago, I went to the dentist to get a teeth cleaning and it turned into a root canal, which turned into getting a tooth pulled, which turned into a lot of pain and a lot of torture. And I was there for a long time. And I remember about midway through this process, my hands got really clammy and I got really sweaty and I just wanted to leave. I wanted to escape. And I was sharing this story with Pastor Joe's wife, Diana. And as I shared the story with her, I said, man, it felt kind of like a panic attack, like an anxiety attack. And she looked at me and she said, yeah, Mike, that's exactly what it was. And I remember thinking like, I don't, 
I don't have panic attacks. I don't have anxiety. I don't have worry. But that moment was one of those moments where I was like, maybe there is something going on in me that I've allowed. Maybe there's something going on in me that I've just put up with. Maybe these emotions are in me and I've just gotten used to them. Now, my story might be a bit funny, but I realized that those emotions and their effect on us can actually be really, really painful. And I think a lot of us would say, you know, I'm over how it makes me feel. I'm, I'm over how this emotion shapes my life and my story, and I'm just over it. And a reminder from one week ago when we talked about this series, we introduced this series over it, a reminder that when we're over it, like God's all over it. Like when we're over it, we can cry out to God and we can give God whatever it is that we're over. We can turn to God. He's drawn to our desperation. And it's in those moments that God gives us strength and he gives us courage and he brings us to a place where we begin to actually find some healing. And just an aside for a moment. Anxiety and worry, they're not a reflection of you being a bad Christian. And anxiety and worry are not a reflection of you not doing this Jesus thing correctly. Like anxiety and worry is just a part of our rhythm. It's just a part of being human. It doesn't mean that you're loved less by God or that you haven't really surrendered your life to God. Like these aren't indicators that you're a terrible person. Like it's a part of our story. And and know that God is drawn to those pieces of our story, to those moments in our story, because God wants to do a good work in those stories, in those moments in our stories. Jesus actually talked about this. He talks about the kingdom of God. He talks about our heavenly father. And then he finishes that conversation with these powerful words at the the end of chapter six in Matthew's letter. He says, don't worry. Don't worry. It's like Jesus is saying, you've got the creator of all things on your side. And I know that when we face anxiety and worry, we feel terrible, we feel ashamed, we feel embarrassed. It seems like everybody else has it all together except for you, right? I think that's why Jesus, knowing this about us and knowing how we see one another, it's why Jesus said not only don't worry, but then in the next chapter, at the end of chapter 7 in Matthew's letter, he says, don't judge. Because you and I are one decision away from turning our focus away from God and getting caught up in anxiety and getting caught up in worry and at active At a church our size, I'm sure that each of us bring a level of anxiety and worry from life into this place. And you showing up today was probably a really courageous decision. It probably took a lot for you to watch or or to listen. I'm so honored that you're here. And, And I get it. Like, I don't know. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've battled. I don't know what it took for you to get here today. I don't, I don't know what you're carrying. Maybe you've already checked your phone four or five times or social media four or five times because there's this anxiousness in you. There's this worry that just keeps spinning in your heart and, and you just can't sit still. I, I get it. I'm, I'm with you. Maybe you're worried about your kids. Maybe you're worried about your kids' anxiety. I know in my family, I, I want to fix that for my kids. In complete vulnerability, like we've really faced some anxiety in our home. Like my oldest just graduated high school. She played basketball for a few years and she crushed it on the court. She was a great basketball player, not like dad. (laughs) She was better than me. She was a great player, but getting to the court, man, it was a battle. Getting her onto the court, it was tough because of anxiety, because of worry. Remember a couple of years ago, I was really wrestling with how I can actually tangibly help 
and support my daughter. Came across a really great book by Sissy Goff called Raising Worry-Free Girls. And it's not just a book for girl dads or for parents who have girls, have daughters. It's actually a book for all parents. But it's called Raising Worry-Free Girls by Sissy Goff. And in it, she talks about the worry continuum. She talks about how worry actually affects our rhythm of life. And it was so helpful for me to begin to identify how worry and fear and anxiety affect us. She writes that everything begins with fear. And fear is an unfounded emotion that captures our attention. It's the what ifs in life. It's, it hasn't happened. It's just what if. Like, like, what if I go and no one talks to me? What if I get the job and I, then I can't pay my bills? What if I jump into this relationship and it fails like the previous relationship? And here's where the power is. The power is we're not going to do the thing that we're afraid of. And then we're not going to find out if it's actually something we should be afraid of. You won't find out if you should be afraid of it until you actually step into it. And she says, worry actually just begins to spin in our hearts and our minds, especially in our teenagers' hearts and minds. And then that, that actually creates fear. And then that fear leads to more worry. She says, worry is moving from this unfounded emotion of fear to a specific emotion. Suddenly, we start to identify things to worry about, like money or relationships or work or life or health or our kids, and it plays loud in our mind. And then that worry turns into anxiety, and anxiety is getting stuck in a perpetual state of worry. Have you ever had a song stuck in your head? And why is it always a song that we don't like? Why is it never a song that we do like? Why is it never like a worship song? Why is it never like a fun song? Like, I'm a 90s kid, so I love my 90s music. It's never a Gin Blossom song or an Oasis song or Toad the Wet Sprocket. It's always a song that I don't like. Like, the song that gets stuck in my head all the time is that really ridiculous fight song. Are you familiar with it? Like, you might like it. I'll pray for you. But the song that gets stuck in my head all the time is, this is my fight song, prove them all right song. Like, I don't even know the words. I just remember the beat. And every time I'm mowing my lawn, I'm cleaning the house, I'm preparing a message, I'm at work. That dumb song gets stuck in my head and I have to fight the fight song in my head. But it just keeps replaying. This is what anxiety does. Starts with fear, this unfounded emotion, and then leads to worry, which begins to like, okay, I can worry about this and worry about that. It begins to get specific. And then anxiety just replays and replays and replays. And you're like, I gotta get it out of my head. I gotta get it away from me. And I think sometimes we just allow it to stay. We, we put up with it. And we just deal with it. And then we become over it, right? And we get stuck. What do we do about that? You're not alone, by the way, if you're battling worry and anxiety. You know, 30% of people have been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. So you're not alone. Like, those people have been diagnosed, but I think a lot of us have a moment of worry and anxiety in our stories. And just like someone who wants to get into shape, they hire a trainer at the gym. Just like someone who wants to eat right would hire a dietitian, and just like somebody who is struggling with math would hire a tutor. If you're dealing with anxiety or worry, it's okay to hire a counselor. It's okay to see a therapist. And I also think it's really okay for you to turn to God and to trust that God has something to say and will do something for you in that desperate moment, which is why I love the letter of Philippians in the Bible. Because Paul is the author of this letter and he's writing from a place where he could be worried and he could be anxious. Like he's 60 years old, he's half blind, he's faced a lot, he's lost a lot of friends and yet he writes this letter from prison and he's talking about reasons why he's not worried. He's talking about how he's actually worked through that worry. He's talking about joy. 
And it's in this letter that he actually gives us the, the way forward when you're worried, when you're facing anxiety in your story, in your life, or in the lives of those around you, and you're experiencing it. So I want to show you what he says, because it's so helpful and so powerful. So if you have a Bible with you, or if you have the Bible app on your phone, would you turn to Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. And as you're turning there, can I just share this little nugget with you? The YouVersion Bible app is one of the most famous Bible apps that we have. It's the most used Bible app. And they say that the most highlighted group of scriptures, group of verses, are the ones that we're about to read. So let that be a reminder. Let that be an announcement that you're not alone when you're facing worry and anxiety. And maybe perhaps we could take these words and just hide them in our heart today. The psalmist says that we hide God's word in our hearts so that we may not sin against him. We hide God's word in our hearts so that we may honor him. We hide God's word in our hearts so that we may trust him. And so let's read these words and begin to trust God with this anxiety and this worry because we're over it. Here's what Paul says. Philippians 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I love how practical he is here. And he gives like four tools for us, four opportunities for us to work through our worry. Now, don't see this as a list, like step one, step two, step three, step four. See it as an opportunity. See it as like a hammer or a screwdriver or whatever it might be as you're building something. Paul is saying, hey, here's some things that you can do that I've done to work through my worry that God has honored, that God has helped me in. So let me give you each of these four things and let's talk them through because I want us to work through our worry. I want us to deal with our anxiety. I want us to trust God with it. I want to trust God with it. So Paul says the first opportunity that we have to work through our worry begins with our worship. He says, you work through worry when you worship. His words were this, rejoice in the Lord always. And then just in case, if you missed what I said, I will say it again, rejoice. You already know how to rejoice because you do it often in your life. You rejoice at the football game or the baseball game or when your team wins. You rejoice at the birthday party. You rejoice when the baby's born. You rejoice when you get the new job. You rejoice when you have the money to spend the money on the thing that you've always wanted to do. You rejoice when there's free guacamole, right? You rejoice in those moments. You already know how to do this. You already have participated in this. But hear me when I say that all of those things that I've mentioned, they're circumstantial. Even the free guacamole, right? Because eventually the free guacamole turns from green to brown and that's when you throw it out. All of those things are circumstantial, but the thing that Paul wants us to see is that God never changes. You can count on him. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Not in the terms of he's boring, but he is a God that you can count on, you can trust in, especially in those moments that seem uncertain. We already know how to rejoice. And Paul says, take what you already know how to do and turn that into worship of the God that you can count on. Because worship is powerful. And when you worship, 
Worry cannot coexist with your worship. Like they can't live together. One has to go. Your mind can't be full of fear and full of God at the same time. So you have a choice to make in that moment. Am I going to allow this to continue to just remain? Or am I going to turn my attention to God and remain in him? Am I going to worship him? And when we worship, we acknowledge that God is the source of everything in life and godliness, that God is the source of why we are glad. Worship requires you to be fully present in that moment, not thinking about the past and not worrying about the future. Worship requires you to be fully engaged on God in that moment. Worship is choosing to focus on the source of my joy rather than on what's trying to steal my joy. And God's attracted to your worship. And here's why. Because it's the one thing that God doesn't have. He doesn't have your worship. He's taught you how to worship. He's given you the ability to worship, and then he invites you to worship him. And we get to give that to him as a gift. You get to give God something, your worship, your focus, your heart, your trust. And worship breaks the cycle of worry in your life and in mine. This is why we sing at Active. It's why we take time on a Sunday to sing together. It's not a performance. It's not because we just like doing it. It actually aligns our hearts with God. It causes us to be present. I'm fully here right now with you, God. And worship can happen in a lot of different ways. It can happen when you turn on some music and sing a new song. It can happen when you open up the word of God and read some new words for your heart. It can happen when you get on your knees and pray for a better story. It can happen when you surround yourself with some friends that are pointing you in the direction of Jesus. Worship can happen when you sit in the front row at church. I love my front row people. I love when they bring the energy. I love those that watch and listen. I I love when you lean in. This is worship. This is what we're doing. And you can work through your worry with worship. That's the first thing that Paul gives. And remember, it's not a list. He's like, here's one tool. Let me give you a second tool. The second tool is this. You can work through worship, work through worry with gentleness. You can work through your worry with gentleness. He says these words, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Gentleness is a calm presence in the midst of trouble. It's a non-anxious presence in a worrisome moment. We've talked about gentleness here at Active Church a couple months ago, and we talked about how it's a product of the work of God in you. It's the product of the Spirit of God transforming you. And here's why it's so important. You need gentleness in moments of anxiety because you can't remove anxiety with more anxiety right? You can't remove worry with more worry. What you need is gentleness. Here's the difference. When you're trying to remove anxiety with more anxiety, you're saying to somebody, come on, get it together. I don't think that ever helps. It's like a husband telling his wife to calm down when she's upset. That doesn't help, right? You trying to use anxiety to remove anxiety is saying, come on, get it together. But you using gentleness to combat anxiety is saying, come on, Let's do this together. And maybe it's just a personal thing for you to hear from God that God is saying, come on, let's, let's do this together. You can't stir up gentleness without the power of God. And you can't get rid of anxiety without gentleness. And so if you're facing worry, if you're facing anxiety, you work through it with gentleness. You work through it when you 
worship. Paul says, do you get that? Let me give you another opportunity, another tool. He says, you work through your worry when you pray. His words were this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Paul writes like, like, don't be anxious about anything. Truthfully, I can be anxious about everything. Which is why he says, don't be anxious about anything because he knows that we will be anxious about everything. And then he continues and he says, so when you're anxious about everything, with everything, when you're feeling anxious, let that be a reminder to pray. I love this definition of prayer. A pastor named Kevin Queen said that prayer is keeping company with God. Like we are, we're going to wrestle through this together, God. We're going to sit with each other. We're going to do this thing together. You ever felt distant from God? Maybe you do today. I would ask you this. When was the last time you actually talked with God? And I'm not just talking about like as you're distracted, as you're getting ready to eat a meal. I'm not talking about those moments. I'm talking about you have intentionally said, God, here's what's going on in my story. I need you. I'm in desperate need of you. And by the way, God hears you. And he's present with you, even if you don't feel it or see it, because that's promised in the scriptures. But these are moments where we need to turn to God. That's what prayer is, turning to God and talking with God. Peter, who spent three years with Jesus, said that you can talk with God all the time and talk with God about everything. You can hand it over to him. He said, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And Peter believed, and I believe, that you can't wear God out. Like God isn't going to go, again? You're bringing this to me again? You're dealing with that still? You can't wear God out. God is not going to grow tired or weary of you or of the things that are happening in you or through you or to you. Prayer is not about your eloquence, but it's about your vulnerability. It's about you saying, God, here it is. Here Here it is again. Here it is again. God, I need you. And we work through our worry with prayer. I had a friend tell me years ago that they struggled with prayer because every time that they would pray, they would fall asleep. <laughs> you ever fallen asleep while you pray? I think a lot of us feel like, oh man, that's so disrespectful of God. It's, it's not honoring God. It's not worship of God. I actually have a different opinion. I think it's actually a good thing for, for two reasons. First, this moment when you're turning to God in prayer and handing him over your worry and then maybe falling asleep, like Isn't that what the presence of God should do for us? Shouldn't it move us from worry and anxiety to rest? Shouldn't the presence of God do that? In fact, isn't it the promise of the scriptures? Like God brings rest and he brings peace. And so if we're falling asleep while we're praying to God, maybe it's because we are actually leaning into the presence of God. And second, I remember as a dad when my kids would fall asleep on me, I loved that because they trusted me. And shouldn't my embrace as a dad bring comfort and peace to my kids? And shouldn't the embrace of our heavenly father do the same thing? Sure, I know that you want to talk with God. You don't want to be disrespectful of God. I know that sometimes we throw down condemnation on ourselves. But the truth is, if you're struggling with prayer because maybe you fall asleep, like maybe it's because God is actually giving you peace and rest and his embrace is changing your life. If we could talk about prayer, I would would summarize it this way. Choose to be anxious about nothing because you've talked with God about everything. Because prayer helps you to work through that worry. So does worship. So do these things that Paul lays out in front of us, gentleness. But then he says, let me just give you one more because we need a lot of help, right? And he says, you work through your worry by renewing your mind. This one's probably the best. Here's how he puts it. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is 
true and noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things and whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the peace of God will be with you. You have the ultimate freedom to decide what you fill your mind with. Which leads me to ask you this question. Who's shaping and influencing you? Who is the one that is leading you? The answer is actually found in whoever you give space to in your mind. Whoever you give room to in your mind, wherever you focus your thoughts. So just for fun, could I, could I ask you a couple of questions? Just for fun. Let's talk about what happens when you give space in your mind to, let's say, your favorite news network. What happens after you watch your favorite news network? Does your fear increase or does your peace increase? What happens when you spend time on your favorite social media platform? Does your fear increase or does your peace increase? Here's one that might be tough. What happens when you spend time with some of your favorite people? Does your fear increase? Or does your peace increase? This this is actually what we call in the kingdom of God, discipleship. Discipleship is learning a certain way of life from someone. It's why the first Christians were called disciples of Jesus. They were learning the way of the kingdom of God from God himself in the flesh. His name is Jesus. And so the question we have to ask ourselves is who is discipling us? Who's discipling you? Who is teaching you how to live life? News, social media, group of friends, or Or are you leaning into the voice and the wisdom and the words of God, especially in those moments with anxiety and worry? Maybe that's why we haven't done anything about our anxiety and worry. Maybe it's because we just don't know what to do or whenever we turn to something, that something actually feeds our fear instead of bringing us peace. Jesus says, I bring you peace. And this is why we choose to renew our minds because renewing our mind is choosing to fill our mind with what is true about God And what God says is true about us. So Paul says, we all got worry. We all got anxiety. Let's work through it. We're over it. Let's not not just allow it to stay. And he says, "So, so worship. Be gentle. Pray. Renew your mind. I mentioned earlier that Abby was a really great basketball player. Like, I loved watching her play. I loved watching her learn. I loved watching her get better. But... It took a lot to get her to the court. When she was on the court, she was great, but it took a lot to get her to the court because of worry, because of anxiety. And I remember feeling really helpless, and my wife felt really helpless. There was this moment about a year and a half ago where Abby was playing on the JV team at her high school, and all of the the, the JV players were going to be there except for the two best. They got moved up to varsity. And so Abby was going to have to lead with a couple of her friends, and there was just this anxiety about it. And there were other things that she was battling, other factors that were playing into that as well. And I remember like, we were talking about worship and we were trying to be gentle and we were, we were praying and we were trying to work through like renewing her mind. And it was, it was a battle to get there. And she didn't feel good. <laughs> and most of the girls on the team weren't feeling good either. And they were going to play a team that they should have dominated. In the first three quarters, our team looked terrible. We were down by 15 in that game. And I remember going, man, this this worry, this anxiety is just getting the best of her. 
And then something shifted in the fourth quarter. Her and a few of the players decided, like, we're done. We're not, we're not going to play like this anymore. And then they began to play like really, really good basketball players that, that they are. And they got to a point where they were down by one bucket. And the other team was driving the center lane. And Abby stepped in front of that person and put her hands up and drew a charge. If you're not familiar with basketball, like you can stand still. And if the player runs into you, it's a foul on them. And so Abby stepped in front of them and drew a charge. And the crowd went nuts. It was a turning point in the game. And then Abby actually got up off the ground and kind of did this little like funky frish dance. Like it was, it was so great to watch her. You could see this joy in her. And we eventually came back and won the game on a game-winning shot. And the crowd crowd went nuts. But Tiff and I celebrated because the fans had no idea what it took for Abby to get to the court that day. But her mom and I did. And I have no idea what it's taken you to get here today. But God does. And the thing I'm convinced of is that God has already shown us how far he would go for us. In one word, in one name, it's summarized this way, Jesus. And when we're facing anxiety and when we're facing worry, and I, you have no idea what it's taken me to get here, and I have no idea what it's taken you to get there. But what I do know is that God, God has been with us this entire time. And Jesus invites us to not have to do it alone. He says, come to me. Come to me, all who are tired and weary, and I will give you more things to do. That's not what he says. He says, I will give you rest. Are you over anxiety and over worry? I am. And the place that we will find rest, the place that we will find the ability to work through it is in the hands, in the heart, in the way of Jesus. So friends, I invite you to worship. I invite you to choose gentleness. I invite you to pray. I invite you to renew your mind. One of the ways that you can actually put this into to practice is through baptism. Baptism is this outward expression of what God has done inside of you. It's you saying publicly, God has done a great personal work for me. And I want to announce that to the world, that I'm trusting my life to him. And I want to invite you to consider getting baptized in just a few weeks on September 19th. We're going to celebrate life change. Baptism Sunday here at Active. It's called Future of Active Sunday. Let's build a better future by choosing to honor God today. And if that's you, I want to invite you to text baptism to the number on the screen. I would love for you to come and be a part of that day with us. Listen, I have no idea what it's, take, what it's taken for you to get here. And you have no idea what it's taken for me to get where I'm at today. But what I do know is that God knows. And he's been with us this entire time. And he invites us. Come to me, all who are tired and weary. Worship. Choose gentleness. Pray. Renew your mind. Think better thoughts. Know who you are and know who I am. And so could we just put that into practice right now? I'd love to pray some words over you. Heavenly Father, anxiety and worry are, are so familiar to us. It feels so, it feels so normal to us that when we talk about it, it feels like, well, why, why should we even get rid of it? Isn't that part of what we do? But you've taught us that you are a good God, a good heavenly Father that takes care of us, that is for us and doesn't stand against us, that invites us to come to you. 
We hear that in the voice of Jesus, in the words of Jesus. So today, I pray for my friends watching and listening, that they would come to you. Those that are, that are weary, that they would come to you. Those that are tired, that they would come to you. Those that need rest, they would come to you. Because we're over it. And we know that you're all over it. And so we trust you with this worry, this anxiety. And we believe that the best is really yet to come. And we believe that you're going to write a better story. So we trust you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray all of these things. Amen and amen and amen. We hope you enjoy the Active Church podcast. If you want to know more about Active Church, you can follow us on our social media platforms at Active Churches. Don't forget to subscribe as well to stay connected to future podcasts. And if you are a local, we would love for you to experience the room with us. Sunday services are 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. in Yukaipa. See you next time.